In the biggest shock in international politics, there might be some corruption in Ukraine. Or it's not a shock. Anyway, Chicago gets what they paid for, and uh, they keep... Uh, the Chicago politicians just keep doubling down on it. And it's not a shock that California and Oregon are filled with perverts. But are these fetishes that they're pushing actually spreading internationally? Of course, the answer is yes. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Yes, I'm doing a podcast today, and maybe I'll do one tomorrow. I don't know. Um, but we are on the countdown, five days, and I will be married. And I've decided I'm going to change the podcast up a little bit. I'm going to start just talking. And what I mean by talking, I mean I'm going to start talking, and uh, there might be some cussing. So get over it. And every time I think that uh, I'm not, I, I don't want to cuss, I want to keep it, I come up with stories that I just cannot ignore. I really can't ignore. And it, it just, I lose my mind. And then I, you, and you'll notice in the last few weeks, I've been just going off and cussing. So I'll keep it moderate. I'm not going to sit there and start blowing wind or anything, but you never know. You never know. And this is one of those podcasts. So let's get on with our first story. Not a lot of news. Uh, there was another mass shooting in Alabama. Of course, it's not going to be reported. Why? Because the victims were black and the suspects are black. So we don't really talk about that. That's just uh, gun violence, I guess. I, I, You know, if they were talking about it, I would say, okay, there, it, it, it's that big. But they're not talking about it at all. The media is just, they brought it up on Saturday when, or Saturday night when it happened. It happened Friday night into Saturday and but no one's really talking about it. Four people were killed. No suspects. It was a Sweet 16 party uh, at a, I guess, a dance club or a dance studio or something. And there was a fight. And apparently, people just started shooting. So that seems to be okay. There is a little bit of video online of what we think is the shooting. I, but I can't tell if it's the actual shooting. No one's confirmed it. So no, not even to talk about then something else we're going to talk about. In Chicago, uh, there was a riot. Yep, there was a riot. A bunch of, a, a bunch, like there are 40 of them. A few hundred teenagers decided to go out and just loot and destroy and destroy businesses and fight. Two people were shot. Of course, there's got to be a shooting. And again, they, the, the media is kind of pushing this back, and we'll talk about this, because we're going to talk about Chicago right now, but we'll talk about this, but two people were shot, nobody was killed, there were no arrests, of course, you can't make arrests, the Chicago PD was completely overwhelmed, I think when this whole thing started, there were like two cops, so these people just went through downtown and started destroying things, bunch of teenagers, but yay, no big deal. But let's get, let's get, before we, we really talk about this, let's talk about Chicago. Now, I got to tell you something. I, I Chicago, uh, let me see if I can find this. Here we go. There it is. So Chicago has become one of the most dangerous cities in the world. Now, you heard that correctly. I didn't say dangerous cities in the country. 
It is one of the most dangerous cities in the world. It is actually more dangerous than some cartel-based cities in Mexico. I am not kidding. And by the way, you got Chicago, St. Louis, Baltimore, and New Orleans. All blue cities, by the way. I know they like to say that, well, Louisiana is a red state. It's a red state, but New Orleans, which has one of the highest murder rates in the country, is actually a blue city. So they're the defund the police kind of city. Chicago is one of the most dangerous cities in the world. You know, and businesses are leaving. Bed Bath & Beyond left Chicago. Starbucks is leaving Chicago. McDonald's is leaving Chicago. Well, another big company has decided to leave Chicago, and that big company is Walmart. So last week, out of the blue, Chicago, uh, Walmart announced they were closing four stores in Chicago. Now, there are a grand total of eight store Walmart stores in Chicago. So Walmart, trying to be politically correct, they probably shouldn't say that, but what they basically said is none of their stores in Chicago is making a profit and they need to close the four stores in order to support the four remaining stores to remain open. Okay, now they didn't directly blame crime, but if you have a Twitter account, you already know that crime is a major problem at Walmart because there are hundreds of videos of people stealing crap at Walmart. Hundreds of them. As a matter of fact, once this story came out, Twitter, the folks at Twitter, decided to republish those videos saying, no, this is why Walmart's leaving. People are walking in, loading shit onto their carts and walking right out. No one's doing anything about it. And Walmart's taking a loss, not because people go to their stores, which they do. It's because of all the looting that's happening within Chicago and Chicago's doing nothing about it. Now, Chicago elected this idiot named Brandon Johnson, who is far left. Now, this is after replacing Lori Lightfoot, who was a complete disaster and far left. So what they do, they replaced her with someone further left. But you know what the resident, and I told you, fuck Chicago. They get what they deserve, right? You keep electing these people. Well, then, you know, Chicago's going to become Detroit. Well, but now we see the mentality of these people. We see where they're actually coming from. These people keep voting for this leftist deal because they blame everybody else except their leftist policies. Well, here they go. So here, here are a couple people online. Um, they decided to hold a rally. And who do they blame? Of course, they blame Walmart for moving. They don't blame the, they don't blame the, uh, uh, the leftist policies that allow crime to just cruise right through Walmart. They blame Walmart itself. So here's WGN News Channel 9 reporting this. And this was such an amazing, it's only a minute, but this is such an amazing clip. I had to play it. So let's listen. Community activists are calling on Walmart to stop its plans to close four stores this coming Sunday. They say Walmart's surprise decision is an act of disrespect. Walmart said these stores are closing because they've never made any money. Well, how come Jewel and other agencies stay in our communities and they make money? 
They talk about theft. Please, Walmart, stop using that stereotype. And the stores slated to close are in Kenwood, Lakeview, Little Village, and the Chatham Supercenter with a health center and academy at 84th and Stewart. Since Walmart announced these closures, my, my office, which is located literally steps from this building, has been inundated with calls from seniors who are crying out saying, where do I go for my medicine? For mothers who are talking about their children and saying, how do I feed my children? And earlier this week, Walmart said the move will help the four remaining Chicago stores and the affected employees would be able to work at other locations. Activists are calling for a nationwide boycott of Walmart. Okay, here's the story with this, this whole thing. Money talks and bullshit walks. Walmart is not a charity. All this DEI and ESG crap only goes so far. And none of that ESG and DEI crap is paying Walmart's bills, is paying their employees, is paying any of the overhead, is paying for any of the steps that Walmart needs to take to deal with the overburdensome regulations that Chicago has. And by the way, that's one of the reasons Chicago said they're leaving. The Walmart said they're leaving. It's just the regulations are too difficult to deal with. They can't handle it. And Walmart has bitched and moaned about the crime there even though their main statement said, well, we just are not profitable. Here's a newsflash. It's not Walmart's responsibility to stay open because of food deserts or whatever. And what's this, this crap about a stereotype? To crime being a stereotype. That What does that even mean? There's high crime in your city. Murder is up 60%. In the last five years. What do you mean it's a stereotype? I also laugh at the crime issues in Chicago. I, I laugh at that issue. Here, since this speech, since his speech, that night, that very night that these guys were activists, were, you had all these teacher, teenagers running through the city, destroying the city. I mean, destroying businesses. Destroying cars, attacking tourists, hundreds and hundreds of teenagers attacking tourists. And they wonder why Walmart's is closing. Hey, I'm gonna go out on I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna go on a uh, tangent here. I'm not a tangent. I'm gonna go out on a limb here. And I'm gonna guess that the other four closed stores are gonna close too. And by the way, all they're doing is just going to Florida, going to Texas, because they don't have to worry about crime. They don't have to worry about regulations. Chicago sits there and continually they want to blame corporations. Well, the Chicago mayor, the Chicago mayor, he was asked about this, this wilding is what we're going to call it. Now, you're not supposed to call it a wilding, because that's what it is, by the way. This wilding that occurred in Chicago. And... Basically, you're not supposed to call it a wilding because guess why? Most the rioters were all black. You're not supposed to call it that. We remember the New York gang rape of a teacher in Central Park in New York and they called it the wilding. This happened back in the 80s. And even then, they were screaming that that is racist to call it a wilding. This was a wilding that happened in Chicago. Hundreds of teenagers 
got together and decided to raise hell. That's essentially what ended up happening. So Brandon Johnson, the incoming mayor, the new mayor, the far leftist mayor, was asked if basically what he thought and if he condemned it, he condemned the rioters of the night before. Listen to his response. This is an incredible response from a mayor. Because they, that's how they can eat? The real answer is, how do we make sure, the question is, how do we make sure that people can eat? Look, no one is going to condone, um, you know, behavior that, that, quite frankly, speaks to a level of desperation. So you're not, people you're not condoning out, looting. That's one. I, I'm saying that people are acting out of desperation. We don't want a society that is acting out of desperation. But you have to pay attention to the cries that people have. By so you're, you're not that, condoning looting. That's two. Th- th- there's no way to, to, to embrace that. What I'm saying is you can't condone the looting that corporations continue to do every single day when they take tax dollars from black, brown, white folks all over the city of Chicago so that they can turn a profit. He was asked three times whether he condoned. I missed one time, but he was asked three times that he, if he didn't condone it and he wouldn't answer it. He would not condemn the riots. And by the way, there's video all over Twitter of the riots. Yeah, these people were not desperate. These people tried to break into the uh, city's modern art gallery, uh, modern art museum. These people were not desperate. They weren't looking for food. They were all dressed in shoes, in shirt, in nice clothes. They all had cell phones. They were recording video of it. This crap that these people are, this is the AOC thing. And you think this mayor is going to fix anything in Chicago? Do you real? And this guy was elected. These people voted for for him. And he won't condemn them. And by the way, nothing would have happened to the, anybody who was caught, nothing would have happened to them. So fuck Chicago. Don't feel sorry for Chicago. Don't feel sorry for the crime rate. What's going to happen is all business is going to move out. Walmart's going to move out. You've already got McDonald's. You've got Bed Bath & Beyond. You've got Starbucks. They're all moving. And they're all moving for a reason. Because they can't handle it. There is the reality of crime and there is the reality that you guys aren't putting criminals away. You blame guns every time there's a, a shooting, except when there's a shooting in Alabama that that involves black people, whether the black people are um, the victims or the shooter or both, you ignore that. The media ignores that. They don't think that's a big deal. They'll just blame the guns. They won't blame the criminals that should be in prison. So, yeah, good for Chicago. Yeah, you guys you guys hang it and then in 10 years when you guys look like Detroit, don't come begging the government for help. You screwed yourselves. You get what you vote for. Okay. Now, this is a great story and I, I don't know what the big shock is here. One of the things the Biden administration is getting crap for is the lack of accountability for all the money and equipment we're giving to Ukraine. Over 100 billion dollars worth. Now, I know everyone said, no, they only gave $40 billion. No, they gave $40 billion cash. They gave $50, 60000000000 billion in equipment. Okay. Now, let us not forget that this, quote, democracy, end quote, was given the dubious honors of being the most corrupt country in the world. 
And one of the reasons uh, Voldemort Zelensky ended up becoming the president of this country was because he promised to end corruption. Okay, that's why he's there. Uh, now, one of the things with me, as this war has continued on, is a lot of people see President Zelensky as nothing more than an actor, with him wearing his fatigues all the time, and he acts like he's out actually out there fighting. He's not. He's not. But he walks around in fatigues. He travels to the United States on planes, supposedly. And it's so dangerous that he's able to leave Ukraine anytime he wants. Travels to the United States wearing his fatigues. I'm, I'm surprised he's not got face paint on. Camo face paint. So he's not recognized. Uh, which, by the way, is completely disrespectful. All right? I've, he's been seen as nothing but an actor. And let's not forget, he was a comedian. He was an entertainer before he became president of Ukraine. Okay, he it's just it's it's asinine. It's stupid. It looks like it looks like um, screenplay. It looks like a, a play. Okay, so according to the Post Millennial, this is an amazing story. Of course, no one's going to talk about it, especially the President of the United States. It has been reported President Volodymyr Zelensky and the other Ukrainian officials collectively embezzled hundreds of millions of dollars in American aid meant to go towards the purchase of diesel. Veteran journalist Seymour Hirsch revealed that, according to sources familiar with the matter, the amount could be as high as $400 million. Okay, I'm going to go further. I am not surprised by this, and I think $400 million probably is very low. I think it's probably a lot more than $400 million. In his latest Substack article, Hirsch delved into the rampant corruption allegedly taking place among Ukraine, Ukraine's political elite, suggesting the situation is worse than most people think. He explained that according to American the American intelligence community, Zelensky has been purchasing discount diesel from Russia with American money and stashing the leftover funds. Quote, the Ukrainian president and many of his entourage have been skimming untold millions from American dollars earmarked for diesel fuel payments, Hirsch wrote. Analysts at the Central Intelligence Agency, he continued, put the number at $400 million last year at least, while another expert likened the level of corruption in Ukraine to that of the war in Afghanistan. During that conflict, the U.S. was paying $400 per gallon to move fuel from foreign ports into the nation. It is not revealed how much is being paid for diesel in Ukraine. As Hirsch pointed out, CIA Director, uh, CIA Director William Burns confronted Zelensky on the issue of corruption during the meeting in January, telling the Ukrainian president that other officials were mad at him for, quote, taking a larger share of of the skim money than was going to the generals. So in other words, not only is our government giving money and that corrupt crap government, which is not a democracy, is stealing, is embezzling the money, they're embezzling more money than the CIA expected they were embezzling. Absolutely incredible. And of course... The Biden administration, don't expect Joe Biden, he will not be in front of the press 
and when he really needs to be in front of the press. He's getting back from Ireland or England <coughs> or wherever he decided to go, and you can expect he's not going to have... He, he is in huge trouble right now. The scandals are piling up, and they're piling up by the day. And this is after, this is after those leaked documents reported that they're losing the war. That Ukraine is actually losing the war. That kind of explains why the United States is not pushing Ukraine to go into some sort of peace agreement. Because they're going to lose more than the United States can afford to lose. Absolutely incredible. But no one, and now the, the Congress is sitting back and saying, okay, we need to investigate this. Well, little too little too late. We've already given them a billion dollars worth of crap. Absolutely incredible. I don't want to hear democracy, democracy, democracy in Ukraine. Meanwhile, China is really getting ready. They will end up in Taiwan, I'd say this year or early next year. I They're already pushing, pushing, pushing. Europe, including France and Germany, have already basically said, we have nothing to do with Taiwan. Taiwan's not our problem. So you, you can expect them to go into Taiwan before Biden gets kicked out of the White House. And Biden is going to get kicked out of the White House. He looks terrible. He sounds terrible. He will not have another press conference his entire presidency. Okay, so let's go to the pure evil of uh, the left coast um, Oregon, wow, there's a fight within, okay, there's a fight within blue states to separate children from their parents. It's basically to break up families. This is a real common thing done in tyrannical states. China does it, Soviet Union does it, did it, Russia is doing it, Cuba has done it, okay. Indoctrination already is being done through our education system, it's being done through the media, it's being done through the government. It's being done through just about every institution. Okay, um, Dylan Mulvaney posing on a can for Bud Light. That's what I mean by the institutions. They're all buying into this. Here's the problem. And it's caused by the leftists because they were the ones that wanted the pandemic to shut everything down. Uh, parents are seeing this now. And they're beginning to fight a little bit. And they're beginning to resist the government. So what do the governments do? They get worse. They start demonizing parents. We see this with the DOJ saying that the parents of school boards are domestic terrorists, things like that. And they begin to start chipping away at the parents' rights to their own children. So according to the post-millennial, millennial, uh, the Oregon, quote, the Oregon State Legislature introduced a bill in March that would allow minors of any age to have an abortion without parental knowledge. An attorney for the legislative office, Lori Ann Sills, claimed in an April 13th Ways and Means Committee meeting that, quote, under the current law, it is not entirely clear at what age a minor can make the determination to have an abortion without parental consent. Now, Sills was asked about this during the board meeting, any age? She was asked specifically, any age? Listen to what her response is. Under the current law, uh, it's not entirely clear uh, what age a minor 
can make the determination to have an abortion without parental consent. Under um, House Bill 2002A, however, it's a minor of any age can make that determination. Uh, so follow up, so a 10-year-old can make that decision on their own then? No. Chair Sanchez, Senator Steiner, yes. Uh, ten year, no. No. Ten-year-old. Ten years old can make a decision to have an abortion on her own. Ten years old. You can't give a kid an aspirin in a school if she has a headache, but she can make the decision. When the body is the most fragile. Now, I'm not saying a ten-year-old should be having a, a baby, but that's something the parents need to discuss. That's something that can't be a, a decision that a ten-year-old makes. But yes, the kid can... What does this come down to? They believe kids have consent. This is why a kid at 10 years old can sit there and say, inject me with puberty-blocking hormones that will ruin the rest of my life. The article continues, Senator Knopp raised issues about the bill affecting, quote, parents' right to have information about their child and make health care decisions, end quote. He noted, quote, under the 14th Amendment of the Constitution... The court upheld fundamental, a fundamental right for a parent to oversee care, custody, and control of a child, end quote. In response, the attorney claimed that the Supreme Court has said, quote, that right is not necessarily absolute, end quote, as long as the state has legitimate public policy reason for interfering with the right they can. You notice that, that this is the thing with Democrats? There's no such thing as an absolute right. For example, the Second Amendment, you cannot deprive the right to bear arms, is not absolute. I don't know, that law sounds pretty absolute. It doesn't leave a lot of gray area. Well, the Supreme Court already ruled parents have the right to control their children's medical and health decisions until the age of consent. That's a pretty straightforward right. That's what the 14th Amendment, that's what was ruled under the 14th Amendment. But Democrats, screw it. We don't have to worry about that. Like AOC, just ignore it. Just ignore it. Well, needless to say, this is probably going to be fought. Somewhere. I don't know. I don't know who's going to actually do this, but this is going to end up at the Supreme Court. And of course, then there's California. Uh, the state who wants, whose governor wants to run for president that hasn't actually, he has, the governor of the state hasn't actually been in the state for the last month. Um, they've decided they're going to go extreme. So according to the Daily Signal, snuck into AB 665, legislation ostensibly about extending mental health care to lower income uh, California youths is pro is a provision that effectively would terminate parents' rights over their kids as soon as they turn age 12. The California Family Council warns that the bill would, quote, allow children as young as 12 years old to consent to being placed into a state-funded group homes without parental permission or knowledge, end quote. As long as a mental health professional signs off on it, the kids can go to such a group home, and it doesn't matter what their parents think. So in other words, a kid can sit there and say, 
um, he won't let my parents won't let me transition. So I want the hormones at age 12, and they can be taken by the state and put into a state facility. They can be taken. I, let me let me rephrase that. They can be analyzed by a state psychiatrist, taken by the state and put into a state facility. Hmm. Weird. This bill, quote, this bill gives a stranger, a school psychologist, power to decide whether a 6th or 7th grader comes home from school that day, and that's terrifying, end quote. Aaron Friday, a California mom of two teens, tells the Daily Signal. Quote, this bill is essentially stating that parents are criminals that have to prove their innocence to get their child back. Of course, none of this should be a surprise that they're actually debating this. Because this is what California has been wanting to do for ages. Of course, they've got that Supreme Court thing. They've got that Constitution thing that keeps smacking them down. But that doesn't matter. They'll, they'll go through all that crap. The article continues. That provision was no accident. The Center for American Progress, a liberal think tank, celebrated the California law in 2010 report as useful model for state or federal legislation to address mental illness among LGBTQ youth. End quote. Now, we're going to talk about that in a second because I, I talked to my stepdaughters about this and they came up with some decent uh, reasons why a kid might do this. But their decent reason why a kid might do this can be smacked down really easy. Continuing, quote, LGBT youth are likely to avoid using public mental health services if they believe that their doing so will cause them to have to reveal their LGBTQ status to the parents or the peers, end quote. The Center for American Progress report said, well, I'm sorry, if a kid has a mental problem that they think they're the wrong sex, uh, that's exactly what they should do is report it to their parents before injecting themselves with uh, hormones and having surgeries that remove their breasts or tear apart their genital area. So I talk, like I said, I talked to my stepdaughters and they brought up a point. Well, they brought up three specific arguments. The first argument was that, well, this is a way for kids to actually get out of abusive uh, parents, families. I said, well, that's a that's a good reason, except there's already laws about that, and there's already a bureaucracy that does that. It's called Child Protective Services. And then they said, well, yeah, but CPS doesn't always do this. And I said, I understand that. Then you need to fix CPS. You don't sit there and make a law that is so broad, you can take a child home simply because they get mad at their parents. And that's number two reason. Kids lie. A kid doesn't get to play his video game and suddenly they talk crap about the kid to the wrong person and you've got child protective services. Well, now we don't even have to worry about that. Kids can sit there and complain about their parents. You know, he hit me or looked at me funny. And then the kid can be taken away from the home put into this this uh, this this group home and then the ha parents have to prove they're not abusing the kids this happens now with child protective services 
Now you've just made it more common. And of course, the big thing is it violates the due process of the parents. I mean, the parents should the parents should be innocent until proven guilty before a child is taken home. If there's no physical violence, let the state prove that the, the parents are bad parents. <coughs> this law basically gives the state the ability to room, remove kids for whatever reason, based on what state some state-sponsored psychologist says. There's a great book. Uh, if you go to dumbassestalkingpolitics.com and go to great books to read, great book in dumbasses. Talk, uh, great book. Uh, let me let me take a look here. What was the book called? I you, you'd think I'd remember. I read so many books, I can never remember what the titles are. But there's a great book out there called uh, I'm scrolling, 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 scrolling. Stolen Youth by Bethany Mandel and Carol Markowitz. It is a very sobering look at what the institutions and what the government and government-sponsored institutions are actually doing to our kids. A fantastic book. It was just released last month. It is something you must you must read if you have kids. But I, this this is going international. This perversion, this approval of fetishness, it's going it's going international. And the thing is, the international organizations see what's happening in the United States, sees what's happening in Europe, and now they basically can say what they've always wanted because these organizations are corrupt, they're leftists, they're sick, and they're usually populated by perverts. And in comes the United Nations. Now, you already know what I think of the United Nations. It's a terrible organization. It's worthless. These people are all all power hungry. They're immoral. They're corrupt. They are there to destroy Western civilization because most of the membership of uh, of the United Nations is not Western, based in Western civilization. China is a member, is a main member. They're not Western civilization. Russia is a main member. They have nothing to do with Western civilization. African countries like the Middle East, a lot of people have nothing to do with Western civilization. I've said this before. I'm going to say it again. They should kick the United Nations out of the United States, send them to wherever they want to go. We should pull our membership we should stop donating money to them because we donate the most money. We should tear down that ugly building. We should go out and salt the earth, piss on the ashes, and we should build a Starbucks or something. Because they just continually prove that they are a terrible organization. Well, according to live action, a new report from the United Nations has called for all forms of drug use and sexual activity to be decriminalized globally. Written by International Committee of Jurists, ICJ, UNAIDS, UNAIDS, I don't know what that is, and the Office for of the High Commissioner for Human Rights, the report was released on International Women's Day with the goal of guiding, quote, the application of international human rights law to criminal law, end quote. 
called the March 8th Principles, the report calls for offensive related to sex, drug use, HIV, sexual and reproductive health, homelessness, and poverty to be decriminalized. Okay, a couple things. Sex is not decriminalized. Sex work has been decriminalized. Sex has not been decriminalized. Screwing a 8-year-old by a 30-year-old has been decriminalized. HIV has not been decriminalized. Having HIV and not reporting it to your partner has been criminalized because it's murder. Homelessness should be criminalized. Poverty has never been criminalized. I'm not exactly sure what they're bitching about. Anyway, the article continues. The United Nations experts say that, that criminalizing offenses related to these issues constitute an attack on human rights. See, this is the problem with organizations that don't follow Western civilization. Not everything is a human right. Abortion is not a human right. Okay, I'm sorry, it's not a human right. Transitioning from a male to a female is not a human right. Housing is not a human right. Medical care is not a human right. These are services. Anyway, continuing... The United Nations experts say that criminalizing offenses related to these issues constitute an attack on human rights. Quote, criminal law is among the harshest of tools at the disposal of the state to exert control over individuals. As such, it ought to be a measure of the last resort. However, globally, there has been a growing trends towards over-criminalization, end quote. Um, I love, see, I go the opposite direction. We're not criminalizing enough. Look at Chicago. All those hundred kids, those hundreds of kids who are rioting and trying to tear into the um, uh, Museum of Modern Art should be arrested and all thrown in jail for a while so they can learn not to do that. Law professor and policy director of the ICJ said in a press release, we must acknowledge that these laws not only violate human rights, but the fundamental principles of criminal law itself. So, having se- a 25-year-old having sex with an 8-year-old is a fundal- is shouldn't be criminalized because of fundamental principles of criminal law. This is basically aimed at Western civilization. Because no other country outside of Western civilization makes this illegal. If you go to any number of countries in the Middle East, having sex with an 8-year-old boy is not criminal. You won't, you, it's very common over there. All right. I'm pretty sure a lot of Islamist countries and China, they are already doing a lot of this stuff that this, the UN wants to decriminalize. Continuing with the article, while on the surface it may seem relatively uncontroversial, the report calls for sex between adults and minors to be decriminalized so long as minors, quote, consent, end quote. With respect to the enforcement of criminal law, any prescribed minimum age of consent to sex must be applied in a non-discriminatory manner. Enforcement may not be linked to sex, gender, of participants, or age of consent or to marriage. Moreover, sexual conduct involving persons below domestically prescribed minimum age of consent to sex may be consensual, in fact, if not in law. 
In the context, the enforcement of criminal law should reflect the rights and capacities of persons under 18 years of age. To make decisions about engaging in sexual consent in sexual conduct and their right to be heard in matters concerning them. Pursuant to their evolving capacities and progressive autonomy, persons under the age of 18 should participate in decisions affecting them with due regard to their age, maturity, and best interests, and with specific attention to non-discrimination guarantees. Here's the problem with that whole thing they just said. You're basically eliminating a youth being a minor. If you're saying a kid can consent to the age of, uh, to consent to have sex, like a nine-year-old, can consent to have sex, well, then they're not a minor. Let them vote. Let them get an abortion, which, by the way, they do. This is just an absolutely terrible thing. Oh, yeah, well, there, trust me, there, there's more, of course. The report also calls for all criminal laws relating to sex work to be abolished, which could easily serve to aid, aid traffickers, pimps, and abusers. In turn, this serves the abortion industry as well, which has aid, aided traffickers and abusers by failing to report suspected abuse and returning victims to their abusers after the abortions. Decriminalizing sex work, sex crimes against minors, and abortion would only serve to doubly suit traffickers and abusers who are known to use abortion as a means to cover up their crimes. This is part of the reason why the left doesn't want to ban pornography. They don't want to ban um, prostitution. Here's the thing. The left, as much as they like to scream, they, they hate slavery, they're against slavery, they're for slavery. They're for slavery. And they're for all sorts of slavery. They're for sex trafficking, which is slavery. They're for chattel slavery. They just use slavery as a way to separate people. They don't care about slavery. I mean, if they did, do you think they might say something about China and what they're doing? They don't. They like what China does. The WEF, the UN, they love China. They love what China is doing. China is a slave state. So, absolutely incredible. But the big thing is, it's to eliminate norms, especially in Western civilization. Again, this policy that the UN is pushing is not a policy, is a policy that other countries like China, the Middle East... They're already, all of Asia, as a matter of fact, are already following. It's not illegal. People in the United States go to Malaysia, Indonesia, the Philippines to have sex with underage kids. They're already doing that. It's illegal in this country, and if you're caught, you'll, you'll, you'll suffer in this country, but it's barely a thing in those countries. Because they don't, they already prescribe to that. Okay, that's it for today. I know I'm running late. I'll always run late. I'll probably run late tomorrow because i got a bunch more stories to, to talk about. I hope you guys have a great day. God bless. Love you all. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics.